We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Be honest, I would put myself in the same category as Dwayne. Now Artest is jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. It is Friday, November first. 2019, Alex Peruthi here with Shannon McEwen. Ken is again not here. Uh, he was in the office from Vermont, but he was trying to catch a plane back uh, yesterday, got caught in the snow. He's he's just not here, not here again. Um, today we're going to talk about, obviously we're going we're to start with news, but then we're going to talk about some top 100 guys that you may have to cut or you should definitely keep an eye on, potential replacements. And then, like always, at the end of the show, we're going to touch on some DFS. From yesterday, Kawhi Leonard dropped 38 points, 12 rebounds, 4 steals on his former team, the Spurs, yesterday. It was a win for the Clippers uh, in L.A. I mean, he, first of all, if you, the 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 over-under for the amount of times mid-range was set on the broadcast, definitely hit the over. Uh, as Kawhi, DeRozan, and LaMarcus Aldridge put on a show from 15 feet. Uh, Nick and I were talking about yesterday, like his Kawhi's MVP odds are still at like plus 900. 
do you think there's good value in that or are you actually worried about him still resting down the stretch once Paul George is back? I'm assuming he's going to rest less than he did last year. Okay. You know, we'll we'll see. But if he plays 70 games, he's as good a bet as anyone else for MVP in my opinion. Um, you know, he was right up there last year. He just didn't play enough games. Right. Like if 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 he would have played 72 games last year, the discussion it would have been a three-way discussion between him, Harden, and Giannis. And this year I expect that I expect the same. If he plays 70 72 games, I think the Clippers will be one of the two or three best records in the league, maybe the number 1 seed in the West. So, you know, with that in mind, if Kawhi does what he did last year, uh keeps doing what he's doing this year, then yeah, he's going to be one of the three, four, five favorites. Kawhi is the fifth best fantasy player right now. Uh, Pretty good for a guy you could get at pick 12, 13, 14 in a lot of drafts. He's averaging 29 points, eight rebounds, six assists, two steals and a block on 50% shooting. Just, I mean, those are, those are legitimate MVP numbers. Going to probably post the highest usage, usage rate of his career, everything like that. Um, Kendrick Nunn has continued uh, just, being really good 28 points on 15 shots yesterday against uh the atlanta hawks who were down trey young uh but still make it competitive for most of the game john collins looked like he tweaked his ankle pretty bad in the middle of the game but ended up surprisingly coming back uh i i think it probably goes without saying if none is for some reason still on your waiver wire after this last week that he should be picked up I don't think his shooting is totally sustainable, but he's taking 17 shots a game. So even if he regresses to like 45% from the field, he's going to be a very relevant fantasy player. He looks good. I mean, he passes the eye test. For sure. He he can hit threes. He's got athleticism. Um, he'll get you steals on the defensive end. He's the first rookie since Kevin Durant to score 100 or more points in his first five first five games of his career. Um, he is no Kevin Durant. We're not. We're not going to go there. But he. I'm with you. I mean, any ten team league, he is absolutely must own. Uh, Eight team leagues. When you go that shallow, maybe not, um, because he's basically going to be like a three category guy. He's going to mm-hmm. be points, steals, and threes. Um, but I. I like him. I like him a lot. I thought he was a better pickup than. A lot of the other week one fab options like Tyler Hero, uh, Devontae Graham, I like none the most out of all of them, and that was reflected in a lot of my in a lot of my fab results. Uh, he was the most expensive free agent in NFC in my NFC league mm. um, by a significant margin. So, you know, our staff keeper league, same thing. He was the most expensive free agent that went. So, if he's still out there in your league, absolutely pick him up. In that same game, DeAndre Bembry went for 18 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 steals with Trey Young uh, out of the picture probably at least for a week. Um, Evan Turner might come back soon. Not really sure how much he's going to play, whose minutes he's affecting. But I think, I mean, I would say DeAndre Bembry is a waiver wire ad uh, for maybe just this week uh, when when Trey Young is out because he was already – He's playing 25 minutes a game and ranked like 170, even in that time. So if he gets 30 minutes and some increased usage, he should be relevant in definitely 14 team leagues for this week. Yeah, I I mean, one worry about it is his minutes really didn't go up a lot last night. He only played 28 minutes. 
Um, I would have liked to have seen him play 32, 33 minutes instead with Trey Young out. Um, but they went with some of their younger guys. Cam Reddish started at point guard. Um, he had nine, six, and four with a steal and a block, only two for 11 from downtown, but he looked okay. He looked okay. Kevin Herter um, is starting to kind of round into shape and get get his legs under him. He had some, basically he's been on a minutes limit as they bring him back and get his conditioning up. Um, he played a season high 26 minutes. He wasn't expected to play more than 25. So that's a good sign for Herter. Um, I, I, like, I like Bembry a lot. I wish I could see him in a role where he's he's guaranteed 32, 33 minutes because I think he could be a fantasy monster. Right. But I just feel like the team likes him coming off the bench, the energy he brings there, and that he's never going to be even when they're when they're shorthanded with Trey Young out, he's never going to see the that kind of minute minutes. Still worth it, worth it in twelve team leagues. I don't think he's worth a pickup in ten team leagues, um, but it just depends on how deep your rosters go. I agree. Uh, getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value. Uh, SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make your seat geek, excuse me, make seat geek your go-to source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the seat geek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. Uh, in Madison, ZZ top today. Nice. Yeah. I've been shopping. I've got my pistons are coming to Milwaukee in three weeks. So I've already been looking at tickets on there. I'm, I always buy them through seat geek. Um, the day of, the day before, the closer you get to the event, tickets go down in price. You get a nice deal. Maybe uh, score some sweet court side. We'll see. Best of all, our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ROTONBA. That's R-O-T-O-N-B-A. That's promo code ROTONBA for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase of $30 or more. SeatGeek life's an event we have the tickets so we're a few weeks into the nba season now i guess a couple weeks there have been some top 100 guys who are not performing as we had hoped um so we're gonna go through some guys you maybe have to cut and some guys that you could potentially add in their place but two guys or at least one guy that i, that I want to point out that st- stuck out to me immediately obviously not a drop uh, is Rudy Gobert, uh, who is drafted, I don't know, like top 20, top 25 in almost every uh, in almost every league. He's only, get, only getting six shots per game right now. 9.8 points, 10.8 rebounds, a block. The block will definitely go up, but the concern is just the shot attempts. Right now he's ranked 112th, which is very concerning. Uh, I, like I said, I think... He's going to play better than this, but I'm really concerned at this point that he's going to be a top 30, maybe even top 35 fantasy player. 
I'm not worried about it because the thing is, once, once those blocks go up to like two, two and a half, whatever it ends up being, uh, that'll that'll raise them up so high. I think the scoring is going to go up. Um, the lack of shot attempts is somewhat worrying, but at the same time, I mean, they're they're integrating a new point guard who's a heavy usage guy into their system. Um, they also have a new power forward who's playing, who in theory should actually help. Go bear in the long run with with space. Bogdanovich provides much more spacing than a guy like Favors, um, and, and the people they're bringing off the bench now. Ingles, I think, also. It, I mean, it helps Go Bear all around. Everything, all the moves they've made should help him in theory. So I think he'll get more touches uh, eventually. Um, he'll get more easy buckets because of it. He's already been a field goal monster his entire career. So I expect that scoring to go up to you know, 12, 13 points per game. Rebounding solid now. Blocks will go up, and you'll be fine. Yeah, definitely not a drop guy. Someone, got, someone you just brought up, Derek Favors, I'm a little concerned about. I have him in only one league, but he's only I mean, he's hurt right now, but he was only playing 20 minutes per game before that, ranked 155. I mean, this is a guy who was being drafted i mean i saw him go as high as like the third round in some leagues um you know early in the season his his adp kind of dropped once uh once the season got closer but i'm a little concerned that they just like jaleel okafor a little too much for comfort yeah the first game of the season was hard hard to really gauge anything because the Pelicans went with a super deep rotation okafor melly both saw tons of minutes I, what worried me were the couple games after that. I expect right. Favors to see more playing time. He didn't. Um, I'm worried. I'm officially worried about Favors, and I was as high on him as, as probably anyone. Um, I was okay targeting him in the fifth or sixth round. His ADP on Yahoo was 63. Um, if I'm in a 12-team, 14-team league, no, I'm not worried. I'm going to just hold. But in shallower leagues, in 10-team leagues, I would consider, I would look at other options because – if he's not, the reason why what made him so appealing is you looked at that Pelicans depth chart and you figured, okay, this dude's going to play 30 minutes per game yep. for only like the second time in his career, which means he's an automatic double-double. He's going to get you blocks. But it through, you know, through the three games he's played, only 20 minutes per, he's not looking like a lock for those 30 minutes. And with that means he's not a top 100 or a top 100 or top 120 guy. So in 10 team leagues, I'm looking at other options. And Zion's been out. Yeah. We, we haven't even seen Zion compete for his minutes at all. In our 14 team stake league, I had to start Frank Kaminsky over him this week. And that was, but like I was doing that regardless of whether favors was healthy or not. Um, it was just kind of a risky situation. Um, Here's here's a name for you. Go ahead. I know you like this guy, Robert Covington. Oh yeah. Um, he's currently ranked about one thirty, somewhere in the one thirty one forty range. His ADP uh, on Yahoo was forty eight. He's only playing twenty six minutes per game, shooting thirty nine and a half percent from the floor. What are you doing with Covington? I I am holding with Covington. He's such an elite three point shooter, and he's only shooting 27% from three right now on five and a half attempts per game. I think that will bounce back up. We've seen some guys, also Otto Porter, another guy I really like to go off to just some terrible starts shooting the ball. I think that, you know, positively regresses the minutes. The minutes are a bit concerning. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Travion Graham kind of emerge 
for the Timberwolves. I just he's he's such an elite three and D player that there's virtually a zero percent chance I drop Robert Covington unless the twenty six minutes sticks for like a month and a half. Okay, now I I hear you, and I don't I don't disagree totally. But in the last three games, he's played eighteen, twenty eight, and twenty six minutes. He played thirty three in the season opener, which was also an over overtime game that they won by one point. So when you're looking at just you know, normal four quarter games, he's averaging like 25 minutes per game. That's troubling for me. Also troubling is the fact that like, I mean, he's a streaky shooter. I don't sure. think, I wouldn't call him an elite three point shooter. You know, fair he, enough. Fair enough. He's never topped 40%, 39% his career high. He was at 37% two years before that. Um, 33, 35, He's an elite volume three-pointer in that the sure. volume's there, right? Like, that's his role is to take seven three-point attempts per game. Um, or at least that was his role in Philadelphia. It's entirely possible that Minnesota just isn't comfortable deploying him in the same role. He is taking 5.5 three-point attempts per game right now. Um, I think he'll continue to chuck it up from downtown, but that means he's a field goal percentage risk. He, his True. career high is 43.3% from the floor i worry a little bit i worry a little bit i do i do think it's nice to see the reboundings up 6.5 it ties his career high um permanent basis he's rebounding at the best clip of his career um even scoring you know based on based on minutes per game he's basically he's close to his career norm or career best um i just i'm not going to rule him out over four games because he's a streaky streaky shooter but people who were expecting him he, you know, before he got, before he got hurt last year, he was like a top forty value. People who were expecting him to return to that, I think, are going to be disappointed. If you think he's going to be a top seventy, top eighty player still, which I do, sure, then yeah, he'll be fine. I think maybe he's still hurt. Like maybe because he, you know, I'm I'm looking at through some of our past player notes. You know, Robert Covington will ease his way back into camp as September thirtieth. Um, you know, he underwent that knee procedure in April. I think he might still, I think he still might be sore in that knee could still be kind of hurt. Um, which is also what I think is happening with Otto Porter, who I'm also concerned about. I have both Otto Porter and Derek favors in our stake league, which is a concern. Um, I mean, do you have any, do you have any thoughts on Otto Porter? I mean, do you just have to hold and with the hopes that he gets healthy? Do you try to, do you try to sell? <laughs> do you try to sell low? I know that's like a bad strategy, but does it depend on like how where you are in the standings? Yeah, I'm I'm holding on Auto Porter. I think with him, it's clearly just a. It, it, to me, it's just he's off to a a bad a bad shooting stretch to start the season. So it looks more glaring than if if this five game stretch happened for Auto Porter in January, it wouldn't matter. But he's shooting thirty two percent under thirty two percent from the floor right now, under twenty four percent from three point. I mean, he's routinely over 40% from downtown, um, hovers around. He was 47% from the floor last year, previous two years, 50, over 50%. So, no, I'm not worried about Otto Porter. He's also, like, he's a couple years younger than Covington. He's got better pedigree than Covington. Um, so, Porter, there's no no worry for me. I think he's going to find his shot. You know, his minutes will start creeping up and he'll see 30, 31 minutes like like he's accustomed to throughout his career. Sure. Uh, and 
You got a couple guys who are actually ranked back to back right now, 148 and 149, Joe Ingles and Larry Nance. Joe Ingles in this sixth man role uh, for the Jazz. He's taking two fewer three point attempts and four fewer field goal attempts than last season. I it, I'm worried about this one a little bit. I know his percentages aren't great; they should increase, but just the volume being down and in a bench role, it it worries me. Yeah, the volume and the, the volume, uh, the usage, the minutes are all going to be down in the bench role. Like as long as everyone above him stays healthy. You know, he's not going to see the 31 and a half minutes he saw the past two seasons. It's going to be closer to the 28, 27, 28, 29 that he's currently seeing. You know, and with that in mind, even once his percentages creep back up to career career norms, once he starts shooting 45, 46% again, 40 plus percent from downtown, his stats aren't going to be where they were at in previous years. Mm-hmm. I do think he was at enough of a discount in most drafts. Sure. Like that it was already reflected his role is going to be lesser. But do not expect the guy that you had last year. He's not going to be 12, 4, and 6 with 1.2 steals and, and you know a couple three-pointers per game. He's, he's going to be solid still, but it's going to be like that Shane Battier fantasy line where it's like, you know, it's like eight points, four rebounds, four assists, get you a steal, one and a half three-pointers. There's value there, but it's just not fun to look at. Right. So I I don't know ten team leagues like I would drop Joe Ingles for for none in a heartbeat sure yeah um you know in any league if that's if that's a move you can make I would do it um but I also think he still holds enough value in twelve and fourteen teamers that you don't have to move off as far as Larry Nance I understand drafting him uh because you know there's always a potential that Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson get hurt within the first like week or two of the season and Larry Nance instantly has value. But that hasn't happened yet at this point. I think you can probably drop him, try to pick someone up who has, you know, been playing really well. I at when when Love and Thompson are healthy, Larry Nance is just a streamer. Like three, you know, a four game week, you pick him up. Next week, you drop him. Um, I, th- I think that's just kind of where he sits. Yeah, the production's fine. I mean, eleven and eight basically. Um, he doesn't do much on the defensive end. It's, but you're right. I mean, 25 minutes per when, when Thompson and Love are healthy so right. far this year. So it's, there's not a lot of upside unless one of those two gets hurt. Um, here's, here's a guy that I, I was not on at all during the draft season is Derek White. Now he's coming off. He's had, he had a great game. He had a decent game last night. I think he's got two, two good games in a row. But my worry is DeJounte Murray. And I just, I know Murray's on a minutes limit and everything else. Um, White technically still ranks as the 79th. Depending on the ranking system, he's about somewhere around the 80 range. Um, But he's only playing 23 minutes per game right now. Um, I say this, and I will acknowledge as well, I love White for DFS tonight because Murray's sitting out. Mm -hmm. And I think White's going to have a big night. But long-term, I worry about White. If he's only going to be seeing 23, 24, 25 minutes per game, he's not going to come anywhere close to the value he had last year. And I'm dumping, dumping him, even if he, even though he ranks 80th right now. Or I try to sell high after tonight's game, something along those lines. He's just not He's not going to keep shooting 62% from the field. I mean, he's. It's a, it, this is a classic case of like 
the only reason he is a top 100 player is because he's shooting 62%. And the reality is he's taking less than nine shots a game. And so 23 minutes, nine shots that he's not a, he's not a great passer. He's not grabbing a lot of boards for you like Murray will. Um, it's just, yeah, I would, I would probably, I would probably drop him and look elsewhere at this point. What do you think about TJ Warren? So he, his ADP on Yahoo is right around 100. Current rank is about 156, but he's seen the playing time. He's playing uh, almost 36 minutes per game. We've got Miles Turner's out for a little while. Yes. So are you holding on Warren? Are you go, Are you buying low on Warren? I I would I would hold him slash buy low on him. Yes. If 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 you're playing an ESPN league, he's only 34% owned, which is insane. So pick him up. But yeah, he's averaging 16 shots a game in 35 minutes. Uh, he's a guy, you know, they brought in to theoretically, you know, play. I thought I thought he was going to play more of like a six man role, but he's he's out there. And like you said, with Turner out, I assume Sabonis is going to play more center. That's just going to open up shot attempts and usage. And he's only getting three rebounds per game i feel like that has to go up um with turner out not that turner is like a dominant rebounder but i expect warren to shoot better than 43 percent from the field going forward i expect him to shoot better than 66 percent from the line going forward not that he's getting there a ton yeah warren's a guy who you know definitely he was getting drafted top 100 i think i think you can hold on to him given the you know given the current scenario yeah, I'm with you there. Um, his field goal percentage will go up. He's a weird case because last year, I mean, a lot of people have liked TJ Warren for a while yep. or been intrigued by by his scoring upside. He kind of broke out a little bit last year from a fancy perspective because essentially he started hitting threes for the first time in his career yes. at a decent clip at least um, and, and was a little bit better on like the rebounding and defensive end than he was in past seasons. He wasn't just a pure scoring option. You know, he went from being... Uh, Corey Maggette to to something a little bit more complete um I am I'm I'm with you I hold um I actually am intrigued I like that he's starting he's starting at small forward you know when Oladipo comes back it's Jeremy Lamb that's probably gonna be the sixth man for that team um Brogdon's playing way too damn good they're Brogdon's the starting point guard there's no debate there um so once Warren you know once once his shooting percentage goes up um, he's getting two steals per right now. He's not hitting any threes. He's at 0.33 pointers. So, you know, I expect that'll go up as well. So absolute hold. He's seen tons of shots in Indiana. Final two guys for me, Colin Sexton and JJ Redick. Sexton is just who, unfortunately, I think he might be who we thought he is. We thought he, anyway, who we thought he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I think he's the guard version of Andrew Wiggins. Uh, right now, he is averaging 17 points on 14 shots, shooting 46% from the field. He's only averaging two assists, three rebounds. Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, he's not recorded a steal or a block yet. Um, uh, that'll go up a little bit, but God, I you know I he was worth the pick in the top 100. I, I think that's true because the way we saw him play towards the end of last season. But he is I I just he's providing almost nothing for your fantasy team outside of points, uh, which can generally be the easiest thing to find on the waiver wire on any given week, uh, just from a streaming perspective. As far as Reddit goes, 
He's just not playing. He's he's playing, you know, 23 minutes a game. I mean, he's launching up a ton of threes in, in the minutes he gets, but he's averaging less than 10 points a game. He's going to get you nothing anywhere else. Bryn Forbes, in my opinion, is a better ad than Redick right now or a better guy to start. So, you know, there was always a fear with Redick that he would see a decreased workload. I didn't think it was going to be this dramatic. Like, he played 17 minutes yesterday um, in a close game. And um, I, he's just a drop for, for anyone that – at really anyone that that's available that's a top 100 playing like a top 100 player right now yeah i'm with you on reddick i mean it's it's tough um but he's basically been just a one or two category guy it's like threes and, and scoring right? right yeah and i think everything just kind of clicked with him the past couple years and the roles that he he was in um but he's on a new team now and this team has a little bit a little bit more depth in the backcourt maybe they have a lot of depth um you know, and and just with the role, he's not really. You know, they they started him. They were going to start him as small forward for a little bit. Um, he is such a liability a, on yeah, defense. It's, I just I worry. I worry about him, and I feel like what you get out of Redick, the three pointers, the scoring, you can find other options. Or again, I mean, Kendrick Nunn is that guy. If he's available, I would swap him for for Redick. Uh, you know, I even almost tossed this out last week. You know, is Kennard a better option than Reddick remainder of the year? I don't think that's the case because I think Reddick's usage is going to go down considerably once uh, Blake Griffin gets back. But like they're comparable options with, and I would argue that it, with the increased usage, so immediately the next two weeks or so, I think Kennard's a better option. I. I would take Kennard for the rest of the season over Redick. I would take Kennard for the next two weeks and then drop Kennard for someone else. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. Um, okay, so you're dropping all of these players. Uh, you've somehow drafted all of them, and uh, you've you've done the worst fantasy draft in the world. Who is there to pick up? Uh, Davis Bertans, ranked 59th right now. I mean, part of that's buoyed by the fact that he absolutely annihilated the Spurs when they played in a revenge game. Um, but, you know, he's a guy where if you have like Larry Nance, if you have Joe Ingles, I think I think you can grab Bertans. Or Daniel House is also in that category, kind of the same position, ranked 67th, where these are guys who are just going to launch threes, uh, play the forward spot, get some rebounds for you, and they're playing at top 70 level. Yuck. Yuck. I know. I, I mean, if for some reason you're in a shallower league and Tristan Thompson's still available, which is entirely possible, he was not drafted in, in a lot of shallower sure. leagues, um, he's an absolute pickup. Yeah. I like P.J. Tucker more than Bertans. Um, that makes sense. But, you know, that I think that's kind of a toss-up. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm just, the last time I'm going to beat this dead horse, none, top 25 player so far. Uh Cody Zeller. Oh, he, for sure. He, yeah. yeah. I mean, odds are if you're in a competitive league, he should have been drafted or picked up after week one. Um, so I don't think he's necessarily going to be available. Um, I'm just not high on Bertans. I don't think he's going to have a long-term impact or a long-term significant role um, with, the, with the Wizards, even though the Wizards are bad. Because I, I am fully a believer of Thomas Bryant, and I think that – Hachimura is going to just see his role role grow with that team. Um, I mean, I like I like Mo, Ve- Mo, Mo Wagner more than I like Bertans, but I'm also a crazy person. <laughs> um, 
yeah, if for some reason Zeller or Tristan Thompson are not available in your league, I think Aaron Baines, uh, if you can find him, is is definitely an option. I mean, it's I, it seems like him and Kaminsky might just end up like splitting time at center um, until Aiden gets back. But Baines has been playing really well uh, over the past four games, averaging 16, 8, and 4. Hit, uh, his threes will probably go down a little bit. He's at nearly two a game, but um, just to get you some some points and, and rebounds for sure. Um, we also have guys like Dennis Schroeder playing better than you know we thought he would play um, just because the Thunder are so shallow as a team. Um, he's top 80 right now. Rashawn Holmes with Bagley out has been playing well. He's top 90. Here's a guy I never thought I would talk about again on the podcast, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, right. Would you drop Sexton for Isaiah Thomas? I would. I mean, it's okay. it's two games, but for for it, but it's hard to ignore. I mean, in twenty two per, he's averaged sixteen and a half and seven and a half assists. That's hard. That's really hard to ignore. Um, three threes per game. My guess is, if you've seen that team, I mean, Ish Smith is nothing to write home about. We've talked about him for years on this pod. He is, you know. It is the future, well, the the immediate future at point guard for for the Wizards. It's it. I think he's gonna have a big enough role where I'm scooping him up. My guess is he's probably gonna be the most popular fab option. Yeah, he'll be up there because if he can keep passing like this, we we always talk about how hard assists are to come by. So yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be a really popular option, even though everyone like is going to assume like Isaiah Thomas is going to regress to the mean. I don't think anyone's going to care. Um, we've got so many underperformers so far that one more guy, and then we'll move on do our DFS stuff. George Hill. Yeah. George Hill is actually performing really well. He's about depending on the rankings. He's in the 70 range, 65 to 70 range, 25 minutes per 11 points. Uh, Four assists per game, so that's quality. I mean, if you're looking, if you're desperate for assists, there there's guy who's probably on your waiver wire averaging four dimes per per um, three three point eight rebounds. He's hitting a three and a half per game. Uh, he gets gets one point three steals. I I went on record earlier during the off season saying I like George Hill a little bit this year because the Bucks lost Brogdon mm-hmm. and. George Hill was they leaned on him heavily in the playoffs last year. Heavily. Like I I envisioned this happening and it has so far. I, I don't know if it, if if you if it's like if you believe in Bledsoe enough, you just think this George Hill thing's a blip. Um what do you say? You're the Bucks pro. Nick, Nick and I talked about this yesterday. We had like a, a ten minute Bucks like therapy session. Um First of all, George Hill, the, the Bucks are on a four-game week this week. So if you're considering picking up Hill, that matters a lot. Hill looks better than Bledsoe right now from the eye test. The minutes are – it's kind of reflecting in the minutes. Um, yeah, they they need Hill. And like you said, they they leaned on him in the playoffs. I think he's going to – I think this role that he's playing, I think that's the George Hill we're going to get virtually all season um, on the Bucks. And so I think he's he's a legitimate waiver wire ad in 14-team leagues. I think you can add him in 12-team leagues this week because of the games. Um, you know, chances are you got someone, you know, the the Clippers, the Kings, and the Jazz are on two-game weeks this week. If you have any, you know, question, like if you have Joe Ingles, like you could pick up 
George Hill and Stargum over Joe, Joe Ingles this week, for example. But I think this is legit. I think you can pick him up and keep him. George Hill will basically give you Joe Ingles proje- production, like last year's Joe Ingles production. <laughs> right. That's almost what he's doing. He's almost there right now. Um, I'm with you, and I actually think once Bledsoe, I'm not... I, I believe Bledsoe will bounce back. Um, once Bledsoe starts playing better, I actually think George Hill's minutes hold because he's just gonna, he'll take minutes from uh, Wes Matthews, would be my guess. George sure. Hill can play the two. So for sure, yeah. I, I, you know, ten teamers, shallow twelve teamers. You don't have to pay attention, to George Hill. You really don't. No. But deeper formats, if you have deeper rosters or you're in a fourteen, sixteen team league, I think George Hill is an obvious own at this point. Um, maybe you only plug him in your lineup when he has four game weeks, but I, I, he he provides some value. And Kyle Corver's resting today, and I think we're going to see Bugenholzer rest guys like Corver, potentially Wes Matthews, and when that happens, Hill's going to have. Probably a bigger role in the offense. Uh, if you happen to draft Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, Larry Nance, all those guys, we do have good news for you because there is daily fantasy. FanDuel is offering the most exciting ways to play fantasy basketball no matter what you're looking for. FanDuel has something for everyone. Tons of different contests and formats to choose from starting at just 25 cents. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and enjoy watching your results in real time. Um, Shannon. You're who I turn to for DFS uh, experiences. Do you have any lately? Oh, man. You know, last night was a pretty fun night for DFS. Um, Nunn had another big game. He, 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 I rode him hard. Bam. Bam. Decent game. Jimmy Butler had like, I don't know, at least 25 steals. So that was nice. Um, tonight, big slate. I'm looking forward to it. A nice size slate, not an overwhelming one. Like not, eight games. not overwhelming. No, yeah, nice. you got you got some intri- intriguing values. You've got a crazy over under on the uh, Rockets next yes. game, which like fifty points higher than any other. Um, loading up on those players is tough, but we'll discuss that in a minute. Play against your friends for bragging rights, or play against the public for millions in cash prizes. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com/rw. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. That includes DFS lineup optimizers, premium articles, draft software, and much more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. New FanDuel users only. See their website for details. Let's move on. Okay, so like you mentioned, the Houston-Brooklyn game... Uh, has a 241 and a half over under and is going to be played at an expected pace of 107.6. Um, obviously, that's a huge target. And then the San Antonio Golden State game also has a 225 over under um, and a 106 expected pace. Those are the only two games on the slate with an expected pace over 98.5. The over unders are way higher than the other two. I mean, these two games are going to get stacked big time if you can find anyone you like from golden state um do you i mean are there any guys that you're specifically targeting in those two games do you think it's good to take the role players are you all over Kyrie irving well it's tough i mean it's i wanted i wanted to throw a lineup out there that was Kyrie, westbrook and harden and that's damn close to impossible to do um but I'm going to fit two of those three in. It's to be determined which two. Right now, I have Kyrie and Russ both in there. Um, the Golden State game's intriguing. 
because we don't know what they're going to do with Curry out. Their right. their rotation, their starting lineup, it's kind of to be determined. You got Jordan Poole at 3,800, could be an option, especially if you're confident he's going to play 30 minutes. Alec Burks, you know, are yeah. they are they ready to unleash him for for a significant for significant minutes in his second game? I don't know. He's at forty two hundred. I need to see the news with with that team and what they're going to do for their rotation. Yeah, I'm not a big Glenn Robinson guy. He's been playing all right for the Warriors, but I don't really believe in his talent. Um, So I'm skeptical about plugging him into my lineup. He's no longer a minimum price guy. I think he's like forty five hundred or in that range. Um, I'd rather do like Daniel House who's at 4,500 and he's got that big over under to work with. Um, at center, Clint Capella is the man because of that over under and that pace of that rockets. Next game is going to be insane. If, if Capella is too expensive, Tristan Thompson's awesome. Still, he's under eight grand and he's been 40 plus fantasy points. Where are you going tonight? I am. I would like to target the Pacers, players with turner out i think you can look towards sabonis uh jeremy lamb malcolm brogdon are all guys who should benefit with turner out um if you want to pivot a little bit off of the tristan thompson clint capella i mean those guys are going to be so high owned i think gobert might actually go under owned his price is kind of deflated because he hasn't been playing so well but the king's their center rotation is not good right now. Deadman's barely playing. Rashawn Holmes, I, he can't guard Gobert. I think this is a for GPPs. If you're looking for a low ownership guy that actually has upside, I know we just like crapped on Gobert for like ten minutes earlier in the podcast, but I think he's a guy you can look to as kind of a, a pivot in a good situation um, against a really bad team. So you mentioned Holmes. Are you not? Are you not going with Holmes? He's sixty five hundred. Um, he started the previous game, played 35 minutes. My guess is he's locked in as a starter until Bagley gets back. Um, you know, back to back 40 plus fantasy points. He's got a tough matchup in Utah, but do you think he's a solid option at 6,500? I mean, at 6,500, it's, it's fine to play him. He's one of those guys that I, I worry about the matchup especially. And I worry about the ownership percentage. Um, I don't know how much upside he has beyond really like 40 fantasy points. So I think you actually are kind of getting him at like a good cash game price. Like I think he's a high floor, but I, I'm not sure he's my favorite GPP guy given the matchup, given that I think he's close to his price ceiling. I, I currently have him in my lineup. I'll have to take a look at that. Um, another power forward that I find myself plugging in my, this guy I find myself plugging in my lineup every every <laughs> night. Jason Tatum. I ripped Tatum quite a bit leading up to the season, but I've loved what I've seen so far. I mean, he's basically averaging like 35 minutes, 36 minutes per game, um, 40.6 fantasy points per game, uh, getting a lot of steals, chipping in on some blocks, scoring is up there, 21 or more points in three of the four games i i was skeptical that he would be averaging close to what he's averaging now 21 and a half points eight rebounds solid rebound numbers i'm impressed and he's only 7700 on Fanduel. yeah isn't, pl- isn't he a must own if he's under eight grand and they play the knicks yeah they play the knicks um 
Yes. He I, I think uh I I would pull up his stats, but my the internet is is bad. Here we go. I he's definitely a better play if Jalen Brown is out, but it doesn't really matter. Like I, I looked up, you know, Tatum's Tatum's usage without Brown or Cantor in the lineup is insane. It's like thirty shots per thirty six minutes or something insane like that. And his rebounding is really good with Cantor um out they they look to him on the defensive glass a lot so yeah he's a guy he's in a good matchup um he's he's taken 22 shots in three of his four games consistently shooting seven three-pointers i mean this is he has the one of the weirdest like field goal attempt consistency i've ever seen through four games like his role is so cemented um yeah he's a guy who i would i would feel very comfortable playing him at that at that 7700 price um it's i yeah he should i mean the the thing is if he's taking 22 shots a game he should at least he's got to hit 30 or 35 points one of these nights and they're at home against a bad knicks team i think if there is a night that's lining up for him to hit some more shots it might be this one yeah i'm with you i'm with you and that's that's thing i i mean he already has one 50 point outing on FanDuel, right and i don't think we've seen I, I don't think we haven't seen his ceiling yet. Um, like he hasn't put together, you know, he hasn't scored 30 points in a, in a game yet. And he, he's only, he's reached double digit rebounds only the one time. Um, he has been doing well on the defensive side. Um, good news is too, as a forward, even though he's a high usage guy, you know, he's not a playmaker. He doesn't turn the ball over. So, I mean, when he gets the, when he gets the ball, he's shooting basically. And that's not a bad thing. Do you are Markin in a seventy three hundred? I've debated between Tatum and Markin actually. I went Tatum and there's a chance I actually go off of Holmes and go with Markin. I like that price. Um this power forward, you know, group is interesting. I think the I think the super high owned play is gonna be like Tatum and Holmes. I think that's gonna what people are gonna be locked in. And I think if you wanna go more contrarian GPP style marketing and aaron gordon are just sitting there at at virtually the same total price so i haven't seen enough from gordon neither have i but that's why to plug him in i i mean 6700 is appealing it's intriguing when you consider his production from last year but it hasn't been there yet this season and i don't like the matchup against the bucks Uh, marketing i do like the matchup against the pistons and I'm kind of confused why marketing so low. Maybe, you know, he hasn't reached 30 minutes in the past two games. I don't know if that's part of it. Um, he had two, two under 25 point outings, but he has a high ceiling as we saw with the season opener when he had 60 fantasy points. So at 7,300, he is certainly an option to consider. Um, you know, if you're looking at PJ Tucker is getting a little bit too expensive for my taste, 5,600, <laughs> Um, he's a part of that big Nets Rockets game. Jared right. Allen's in there as well. Jared Allen and De- and DeAndre Jordan just scare me too much. I agree with that. What about Kuzma? You gonna throw him out there at all? He's forty nine hundred. He's gonna make his season debut tonight. Forty nine hundred is nice, uh, but he's also a guy that could score. I mean, if I think he's gonna be, he's probably gonna be eased back into the lineup. Yeah, no, I would expect. so I mean, if he plays 20 minutes, which is probably a fair estimate for him, his ceiling is probably like 15 and eight at the like the very highest in 20 minutes. And that's not too far above 
what you're paying for them as as far as value. So I would probably stay away tonight. I understand people are just going to go there because it's the contrarian thing to do, but I actually think it's kind of a trap contrarian move if we not to get too like weird and meta. One one final guy to toss out there: minimum price power forward. He's starting tonight. T.J. Leaf. Minimum price thirty five hundred bucks. I uh not not where I was looking. Um, I'm kind of surprised that he's starting. I'm surprised they aren't going smaller, moving TJ Warren, the other TJ, the other uh, TJ. to to put to the four and starting Lamb at three and whoever Holiday or whoever at two. Um, my Doug McDermott. There, there's they I prefer options. McDermott. Okay. My my concern with Leaf is that they're starting him to you know what coaches start the one guy to try to maintain the bench, like to try to maintain the rotation. Yeah. I think they might be doing that. Like, I think he might get started and play 18 minutes. That makes sense. And, I mean, when you look at it, the game that Turner got hurt in, Leaf didn't even play. He right. didn't get off the bench at all. He had zero minutes. McDermott so, played like 30 minutes. Yeah, so so it is interesting. I might – it depends. If I end up going some crazier option, if I find a way to get – Harden, Westbrook, and Kyrie all in the lineup, then it's going to be because of guys like TJ Leaf. Like, yeah. that's how I'm going to make it work. So, I, I'm, yeah, yeah, yes. I think McDermott's the better play, but neither of those guys are like appealing. Like, you don't want to have to go there. I haven't, I haven't done the full deep dive into the minimum price guys, but there are enough injuries on this slate where, you know, someone, some cheap player is going to break out. And we already talked about DeJounte Murray being out. If that opens up time for Derek White to have a good game, yep. And Brent Forbes has also been playing well, so Derek Derek White at fifty two hundred is probably you know with Murray out. I would have to I have to imagine he's going to get moved into the starting lineup, and with Murray out, he's probably you know one of the two or three best value plays, especially in that five thousand dollar range. Sure, that's going to do it for us on the Friday NBA podcast. Ken should be back next week. Maybe he's just quitting the podcast forever. We'll see you guys then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.